1: It's real simple, you know, if you take a person's legs away they can't run. Bear down, baby. Yes, sir. Bears fans, this is Take the North with your hosts David Haw and Dan Weeder. We're gonna take the north and never give it back.
0: Welcome to the Take the North podcast. I'm David Haw from 670 Scores, Mullen Haw Show. Adam Stadzinski is our producer from the Take the North podcast and the Bernstein and Holmes show. Dan Wiederer from the Chicago Tribune is chasing uh, players around a winning locker room at U.S. Bank Stadium in Minneapolis, something we haven't had a lot of in Chicago. So Dan's busy. But the Bears, 12 to 10 winners over the Minnesota Vikings, the rare victory over an NFC North opponent. The first time the Matt has celebrated one of those. Also, first time they beat a team with a winning record. So there are a lot of firsts. And it was an ugly game, Adam. It was really hard to watch at times. It was one of those things that <laughs> Bears fans found a lot of reasons to complain. But in the end, a 36-yard pass from Justin Fields to DJ Moore set up his Cairo Santos' 30-yard game-winning field goal. And the Bears, they eke out uh, an ugly victory, but when you are three and eight and you're the Bears, I don't think there's any such thing as a bad win.
1: Uh I I absolutely agree with that. We it's it's that 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 old saying, you know, beggars can't be choosers. You know, we've been begging around here for wins of any kind, let alone division wins on the road. So like I don't think anyone should be complaining about the bears winning the game now that being said yeah it was ugly as all hell and they 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 should they should have won the game by multiple scores i mean you know they they once again won the turnover turnover differential by a a a good amount and they had three points off of four turnovers which is damn near inexcusable so and then you know you also had justin fields with a couple what could have been Probably should have been back-breaking interceptions, but I, you know, I think that you know, if you're looking for positives to take out of the game, obviously they want besides the win itself. It's Justin Fields finally came through in a big moment, and well,
0: I, yeah, you're right. I mean, I'm really curious to see how the reaction is in Chicago uh, the day after because we know yeah. how that can go. And I think that when you look at the the crux of the issue and and what people will be talking about the most is okay, what have we been waiting for? with Justin Fields. One of the boxes he had yet to check was lead a game-winning drive, you know, and and this final seven games was, well, it's it's about winning. One one that
1: wasn't gifted to a game-winning drive that wasn't gifted to him by Roquan Smith against the Texans.
0: Right. right, right. (laughs) Yeah, exactly. Well, you know what? There haven't been many uh, examples of winning anything. So when you're in this seven game window of evaluation, I think that that was important for him to do. And I think important for, people that have been critical and supportive of him to remember. So let's, let's stick with that evaluation. So in my, my opinion, and I think it's, it's a fair debate. I think that the final drive, the 36 yard completion of more probably outweighs the two fumbles in the fourth quarter. Now you can't have either. You can't have the turnovers. He knows that, but the resilience that it required for him to overcome those is what people Will remember most, and as a quarterback, you want to have an impact on a game and give people something positive to remember more than the negatives. And I think he came back and was able to do that.
1: Yeah, I think that you know, and he talked about after the game, you know, how he was, especially after the second fumble, like he was sick to his stomach, and he wanted, like, he just wanted to go out there and prove to his guys that that he had their back, and he was able to do that, and that's something that. You know how many times in the last two years have we seen them not come back from that critical mistake, or just not, or or make the critical mistake at the very, very end that loses the game entirely. And so, like, I think that that's a it's, it's a positive sign that he was able to come through in that moment. I mean, look, and the Vikings didn't do themselves any favors by leaving DJ Moore wide open. I mean, he it was a good sure – Great, you know, great throw stepping up in the pocket. But I mean, you, you left the most dangerous receiver on the field pretty wide open. But I mean, this is something that you and Dan and, and a lot of people have been begging for like, go win the game in the in it at the end, like, make right. the play that you need to make to win the game. It, it, It doesn't excuse the ugliness beforehand, but I think that that's something, a a big positive you have to take out of it.
0: That's why I want that to be at least the focus here. And again, this this Mm. conversation will evolve and you're not making a determination on Tuesday morning or this week until they play again over the bye week of whether or not to keep Justin Fields. This is a data point. It's it's as much of a data point as the two fumbles, the last drive, they all go into the, the evaluation of, of a quarterback, whether or not he comes back the conversation I thought on Monday night football, pretty fascinating because our own local, you know, little bubble that we live in the, the (laughs) Justin Fields will hear, won't he be back? And it kind of, Becomes a national topic, and you hear guys like Aikman and Joe Buck discuss it. You know that you know it's it's got to be on the minds of of everybody in that locker room on the field, and certainly Justin Fields. So for him to respond, knowing what's at stake, and to come through in a way that gave the Bears a you know the Vikings aren't really a playoff team. They're six and six. I think I think the one of the takeaways, I wrote this on, on my column on six seventy score dot com, you know, maybe Tom Brady had a point. There's a lot of mediocrity <laughs> in the NFL, and we saw a lot of it on display in Monday Night Football.
1: Oh yeah, there is. I mean, the 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 top half of the league or the top of the league right now is miles away from the this this sludge in the middle before you get down to the, the Carolina Panthers, which are just a complete mess (laughs) but look the vikings aren't good and they were doing everything that they could to give you that game like they they were begging you i was thinking and i actually sent a tweet out during the game like the vikings are begging you to blow them out like they were they were absolutely giving you this game in every way that they possibly could And and it was just like against the lions like they the the bears couldn't overcome their own mistakes i mean you look at the what happened after the jalen johnson interception it's a great interception he had a nice run back and then it gets brought back with a debatable penalty against kyler gordon with his helmet coming off so you know his face mask was off that was kind of a weird one okay fine but then you get two penalties after that on offense that set your offense back and now you you end up punting on a on a drive where you could have had the ball at the 33 yard line basically in field goal range like that's, and that's just like such so much what this team has been like you make a good play and then you're all of a sudden falling backwards so but again like as i was the point i was trying to make here like the vikings begging you to win this game and the bears found a way to do that now you this is not sustainable like you can't this, you can't win games by only kicking field goals every week in this league. You just can't. But for a singular game on the road, getting a division win, like I'll, I'll take it. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app.
0: You take whatever you can get. You eke out of there. You escape however you want to describe it. When you're on the road and you haven't beaten a team with a winning record at kickoff, you'll you'll right. take it any way you can get it. And and the way that it ended left the most indelible mark. I also think we have to do this. You know, the defense for the Bears held the Vikings, even though it was Josh Dobbs who, who threw four interceptions, 242 right. total yards for a defense that, you know uh, – needed that kind of effort, you know, Montez Sweat had a sack and a half. T.J. Edwards had a pick and he flew around everywhere. I think Terrell Smith filled in pretty well for Tyreek Stevenson. Um, He had eight tackles, led the team. Kyler Gordon, when he had his helmet on, was a pretty good player and an asset. (laughs) That's a silly penalty, but that was kind of weird because it had a broken face mask. And then Jalen Johnson, I wanted to get your opinion on Jalen Johnson. You know, he had three breakups. He had the pick. Mm-hmm. adam though he i mean he had a pass interference penalty or a holding a holding call on third down and uh he missed a pick six opportunity again i don't want to be negative about that but it's hard to forget those when those that pick six again for the second week in a row could have meant so much overall i think he had a pretty uh a better uh, more pluses than minuses but people are going to remember the drop pick six, and he'll have to at least address that because he's not afraid to address anything, but his game yeah. his night was mixed. And the other thing was that Jaquan Brisker, he had a, an interception. The ball went through Jordan Addison's hands. The Vikings, you know, did the Bears some favors. Josh Dobbs was not good. He came into the game kind of a curiosity. He'd been with the team 27 days. They made a big deal out of that. He was kind of one of these guys. It was a great story. The Aeronautical engineer, the guy who has a NASA uh, internship on his resume. He was the astronaut. They had the pastronaut uh, people at the stadium, but Josh Dobbs was a big reason why the Bears' defense was, you know, clicking. Uh, the only play that I thought the, could be questionable when it comes to the Bears' defense, touchdown to T.J. Hawkinson, mm. fourth quarter. Eddie Jackson, you can't have. It doesn't matter if they catch the ball in the end zone. He should know this. He's a veteran pro Bowl right. caliber safety. It doesn't matter if they catch the ball in the end zone. Why do you have so much depth at that point in the field? He was passive. He didn't attack the route. Hawkinson's the only guy they can go to in that situation, and they did. And he caught the touchdown that almost beat the Bears. That would have been a, an unforgivable mistake by a veteran safety. You can't let happen for the second week in a row.
1: Yeah, that was, that was a really – I don't know. There's no other way to describe it than just, than just largely inexcusable. I, I, I mean, you can't. <laughs> I, you said it perfectly. Already in the end zone, Eddie. There's nothing. If he catches the, then that's it, it, a touchdown. Like you, right. you need to drive down on that ball and try to make a play on it. And it seemed like he was so passive, and that does That's so unlike the Eddie Jackson that we saw up until. You know, 2020 or so. Like he was a guy that was driving on the ball and always wanted to to make a play on the ball, and he was kind of weirdly, weirdly passive there. And then, you know, just you were saying about Josh Jobs that he was overdue for a market correction.
0: Yeah, he definitely was. They tried to give it away. They tried to do whatever they could, but you know, the Bears were due to have one of those games numbers real quickly. Uh, Justin Fields. He, he ran the ball 12 times for 59 yards, led the Bears in rushing. I thought that was a good little balance. He was 27 of 37 for um, 217 passing yards, quarterback rating of 87.3. He'd like to get a little bit better than that. DJ Moore, uh, obviously, he was targeted 13 times. He was, uh, caught 11 of those for 114 yards and certainly the big one, 36 yards. That set up the game winning field goal from Cairo Santos and the Bears did what they needed to do. Big picture before we close here. Big picture. Did it change anything about Matt Eberflus' future? Probably not. Did it change anything about Justin Fields' future? I think it's a data point, but I, I would avoid any premature conclusions. This was an ugly game. Yeah. This, was, this was really hard for a lot of people to sit through. A lot of people probably checked out early and went to bed. ABC and ESPN could not have liked the product <laughs> that they sent out to the masses on, in a primetime national televised spot. But if you're the Chicago Bears and you haven't beaten an NFC North team in, you know, since the, the, the 2021 season, you'll take it. You'll take it all night, all day, all season long.
1: Yeah, you have to, and I, it is going to be interesting tomorrow when we open up the phone lines to, to see how people are largely reacting to it. I know as I was listening to the post game show on the score a little bit, it, a lot of mixed mixed reactions, and I always find that weird after a win. Like I'm always in a good mood after a win, but I, you know, as we get into it later in the week, it'll probably be a little more angry. But anyway, uh, as far as you know, the the data point, like you said, like it doesn't change my feelings on Matt Eberflus. And it's just another like it's frustrating because once again, we look at the game from Justin Fields and we're like promising stuff, but some of the same old problems. And it just doesn't move. the Like wherever you were at on Justin Fields before this game is probably where you were at still.
0: I think that's a good way to put it, because and that's what I kind of like about it from from our our perspective. There's plenty of debate and it's good stuff on both sides. But. People that really are Justin Fields believers and supporters, they saw enough evidence tonight to to boost their case. And the critics, they got their fumbles, they got their fourth quarter mistakes, and they said, "Well, yeah, you know that's great." Yeah, but they got a lot of yeah yeah, buts. So there's a lot to talk about. There's a lot to discuss. We'll have a full uh podcast when dad gets back from from minnesota uh sometime when the boat arrives on, on on tuesday and then we'll uh we'll look at the whole thing because there's a lot to go you know Kyra santo's missing a field goal was big Matt reflux going for it on fourth and ten but then kicking a field goal uh at yeah, the seven yard weird. line that was weird there's a lot to <laughs> break down there's a lot to go through but we wanted to at least get uh, on the board tonight because you know, it was a it was a, a moment for the Bears, and, and and there aren't many of these victories. They're now four and eight. Uh, still, mathematically, there's a chance they can have a winning season, but that's a really you know do the math, and it's going to be difficult. But they're four and eight, and they are officially they're officially better than they were in 2022.
1: Kids did. One more win than they were last year, right? We're that's looking for improvement. <laughs> I
0: guess that's improvement. That's progress. Yeah. Will determine whether or not Ryan Poles thinks it is progress. We're curious to see what he thinks about all this. By the way, Ryan Poles uh, mm-hmm. telling the Bears radio pregame show that he talked to Matt Eberflus about the usage of Montez Sweat in the last game. That's not insignificant. I think that's very interesting. We'll get into more of that in the Mullin Haw show. I'm sure the Bernstein and Holmes will get into that after that, and certainly Park gets a speak. We want to be all day on the score, starting with Gabriel Ramirez at midnight. If you're up, listen. Thank you for tuning in and listening to our post game podcast. Take the North on your Free Odyssey app or watch us on the 670 Scores YouTube page. For Adam Szczynski, Dan Weeder in Minneapolis. I'm David Haw. Talk to you next time on Take the North.